God bless you and welcome to Yesterday Ended, Healing the Traumas of Life. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you so much for joining me today. In the spiritual justice system, there are two separate but unequal sides, the devil who prosecutes offenders and Jesus Christ, the advocate who defends them. Here is Christ's story. Try as we might to deny it, there are times when we are on the wrong side of the commands of God contained in the Bible. We have been disobedient to the truths of God and his son Jesus. We know in our hearts that we have disobeyed. Then our adversary, the devil, accuses us as sinners. He rubs our noses in our sin and shames us and further tries to separate us from God. He tells us we are worthy of punishment. Now what? What do you do when you stand accused? How do you get past your failure to obey the truth? Is there a way to repair the broken fellowship with our Heavenly Father? Can we indeed be forgiven? Can we re-enter the presence and graces of God? Is there someone to help us rebuild our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Just so happens there is. He is Jesus Christ, the Advocate, our Savior. If you need a great lawyer, give a listen. When Adam transgressed the commandment of God by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all of future mankind became separated from God. The devil had beguiled Eve or tricked her, but Adam, with full knowledge, transgressed the commandment, Thou shalt not eat thereof. And now man is in a state of sin. Though God is gracious and merciful, he is also a righteous God of justice and judgment. He could not just wave his hand and start over. He had to be fair to the devil and righteously win mankind back to himself. Our salvation was accomplished through the legal and righteous transaction of the life of Christ to pay the price for sin. Through the blood of Christ, all mankind has been reconciled to God, but the question is, will the defendant arise? The prosecutor snarls and accuses God's child, slanders and accusations in God's court he has filed, endeavoring to cloud the truth the child is reconciled and by the cleansing blood of Jesus stands undefiled. Our defender is the Lord Jesus Christ, our advocate. By his saving blood, he will ask the judge to acquit. By the cross, his righteousness to us, he did transmit. And so all our sins and trespasses, he did fully remit. But whose words will we listen to and receive their result? If we listen to our adversary, all we will get will be an insult. To the word of God, in all our matters of life, we must consult and receive the victory, and unto God we will then exalt. The work of salvation has been accomplished by Jesus Christ. His last words on the cross were, It is finished. He paid the price for man's reconciliation to the Father. The question is, will we, the defendant, the accused, arise and receive the blessings that Christ won for us on the cross. As I mentioned in the introduction, we sometimes fall short. 
How can we arise from our falls, our failures? We need to be honest and come to terms with the truth revealed in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This shouldn't come as any surprise. We all know our own character. We know our thoughts and actions that some we may hide and others may be fully known. There are many wonderful Christians who have served many years in the body of Christ in various forms, but still have challenges they face. There is a weak spot in their lives where fear and sin may still persist. Then there are some people who teach that you can become so sanctified that you never sin again. Well, I haven't gotten there. How about you? We are born into a fallen world and our blood has been tainted with the sin of Adam that has passed down from generation to generation. The good news is Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sin and set us free from our sin and its consequences. It says so in the next two verses. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. We are justified freely by God's grace through the redemption, the payment of the ransom that is in Christ Jesus. To be justified in a court of law is to be acquitted of wrongdoing, which ends any accusation against us. We are now in a state of righteousness. The truth of the matter is sometimes we were guilty of sin, but because of God's grace and the redeeming blood of Jesus, we can be forgiven. Verse 25 continues to say that God has set forth Christ to be the propitiation, again, the payment of ransom through faith in his blood. Our job is to believe on the accomplished work of Jesus. The accomplished work of Jesus provides the righteousness of God and the payment for sin. The story of redemption is not one of exclusion, but inclusion. God simply asked us to believe on his son Jesus so that we could receive everlasting life. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that he would have all to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. That truth is Jesus. Again, our job is to believe in him. When we fall short of the glory of God, when we sin, our responsibility is to repent, to turn back to God and ask for forgiveness. The process is revealed to us in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Going back to the idea of being totally sanctified once and for all because we live so holy and rightly, these verses indicate that if we deny we have the ability to sin, we are deceived. We simply need to confess our sins and turn towards God, and we can be forgiven and cleansed from all unrighteousness. The next chapter introduces us to our Savior and one of his other attributes. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. 
And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Here again we are told that Christ is the propitiation for our sins. The Greek word for propitiation is used in Hebrews and translated there, mercy seat. The mercy seat is the place where the blood was sprinkled on the Day of Atonement. The blood paid the price for sin. Jesus Christ is not only our Savior, but our Advocate, our Lawyer, the one who stands beside us to defend us from the accusations and slander of our adversary. Christ ever lives to make intercession for us to the Father. The question we face at times is, do we listen to the prosecutor or to our advocate? Hence the title of my poem, Will the Defendant Arise? It is a play on what is said to the defendant by the judge who is about to pass sentence. The judge looks at the defendant and says, Will the defendant please arise? Will we arise to receive the true identity we are given by our Savior Jesus? Will we rise above the accusations that we were never good enough? Will we rise above the slanders of our past failures? Our adversary endeavors to tell us that we are unworthy of the blessings of God because of our sin, because of our past failures. He tries to convince us that our sins have forever stained our souls and that they can never be washed away by anything. Even in the Old Testament, there was a time when God, speaking to the children of Israel, said they could be washed clean from their sins. We find this in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The beginning of chapter 1 has a very different tone to it. In verse 2, we hear these words, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Of course, none of us have ever rebelled against God. Well, maybe a few of us. But the great thing is, is that after more than a dozen verses disclosing the rebellion of Israel, God comes to verse 18, where he says, and I will repeat it, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be like crimson, they shall be as wool. God doesn't change. It is said of him in the Old Testament that he is a jealous God. The New Testament denotes that he is the God of love. And it hurts his heart when his people, his children, are disobedient. He desires for all of us to turn our hearts to him and walk with him and rejoice with him. That's why he sent Jesus to be our Savior and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We all recognize the truth that sin can separate us from God, but do we remember and hold in our hearts the truth revealed in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, 
or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. While sin can and does separate us from God, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ and the love of God. A loving parent does not reprove his children out of anger, but out of love. A parent corrects the child so that the child can grow up healthy and blessed with an understanding of correct behavior that will bear fruit in their lives. A loving parent does not hate his disobedient child, but continues to love them and help them grow, and God is no different. Take a moment and consider any evil words that haunt your heart right now. Do you hold any words that are accusations against you in any manner? Is there a failure that haunts you? Is there a shame that haunts you? Is there a guilt that haunts you? Romans chapter 5 says that Christ made us righteous. Romans chapter 6 says that we're dead to sin. Go back and listen to my podcast entitled, It's All About Being Dead, to fully understand how we have been separated from our past, even if the past was yesterday. When the devil endeavors to remind you of your past, simply remind him of his future. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you, and he still loves you, and is making intercession for you at this very moment. It's time for you to arise and receive the freedom from sin that Christ has given you. Will the defendant arise? As I mentioned earlier, the title of this episode is a slight play on words when the judge is about to announce his sentence. He looks at the defendant and says, Will the defendant please arise? In God's court of law, after he has heard the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for us and by his blood we are cleansed, the judge tells you, you are righteous and you are free to go. He tells you your true identity. You are his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. Whereas the prosecutor was trying to tell you a lie. The battle we face is one of whose words will we believe? Will we believe the words of the prosecutor, the devil, the slanderer, the accuser? Or will we believe the words of our Savior who loved us and gave himself for us? Take the time to rehearse in your mind the truths that have been given to you in Christ, you are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. <laughs>